Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of MoCast and today we're looking at the OG tank, the one that started it all and because of this tank you all got to play and be viable on your Prot Paladins and Guardian Druids or whatever, starting off from Vanilla all the way to Shadowlands, Prot Warrior baby and who do we have today Flame? Today we have uh, some of the biggest brains in the Pro Warrior community, some that you might know of, some that you might not know of. <laughs> so starting from uh, number two, guys, can you introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and what you do as a Pro Warrior or in the Pro Warrior community as a whole? Hi, my name is uh, Nomaratu. I'm friends just call me Nom or Noma. Uh, I'm fairly active in the Skyhold Warrior Discord. I'm Stormforge now for like one year there. So. I just know a few things here and there, so yeah, pretty good. I've also raid-led this tier in Castle Nathria, but uh, we peaked at basically 8 out of 10 Mythic, and then I just burned down and I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Can't do it energy, man, it gets to you. <laughs> 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 All right, what about, exactly. what, what, what about you, Pika? Um, hi, everybody. My name is uh, Pika. I stream on Twitch at Pika, uh, Pika TV. Uh, I do mainly a lot of high prot warrior mythic plus ever since Legion. Um, I also do mainly great DPS for my guild. Uh, we're top 100 guild in Ascent on Emerald Dream. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, I, t I tend to do some prot warrior tanking in raid as well whenever it's needed. But yeah, mainly my main focus is high end mythic plus with prot warrior, whether it is, you know, the worst tank in 9.0 uh, <laughs> or the best tank or looking to be the one of the best tanks in 9.1. Uh, always be streaming prot warrior content and just generally all the tank content in high mythic plus. Super cool, super cool. We're, right. we're gonna we're gonna have all the links for all the boys in the description for sure. Oh, so yeah. you can check them out. And last but not least, the one, the only, the legend, Mwahi. Where's the thunderous applause? Uh, <laughs> hello, uh, I'm, I'm Maui. Uh, I'm um, mainly dealing with the uh, theoretical part of Protection Warriors. Uh, I'm uh, dealing with the APL for simulation crafts uh, and also now doubling a bit with the backend with the uh, help of a couple of the developers there. I'm also the guide writer for Icy Veins and in general just doing the theoretical things for warrior, well, protection warriors. So I don't, I don't have to play the game. I can just theorize, theorize, theorize everything on Excel, and you know. Yeah, and and also a little secret about Monkey when he's not playing pro warrior or theorizing, he's playing a boomkin. Yeah, because I know, I saw him. Yeah, that's, I, I like him more <laughs> when he plays Guardian. <laughs> Guardian too. Resto too, actually. He plays a lot of Druid. No, it's... Uh, Traitor. <laughs> Moai uh, has been the person who's been helping us with uh, the Shining Pro Warrior for our guides for, for a year and a half, two years yeah, now. Yeah, we, we, we have uh, uh, some history. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So, sure. We also played together, but again, when he played Boomkin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely with Boomkin, man. <laughs> yes. Yes, Mark. Yes, but that's a different topic. That that's yeah. a different topic. Okay, well, we'll not get into that. Okay, all right, boys. So th thank you for uh, for the info, the quick uh, um, biographies uh, for WoW. Now uh, we usually started off like this. Uh, basically, the the good old question uh, for the community that is interested more or less in, in protection warrior, which iteration of Prod Warrior do you guys think was the best, and which expansion? And you know, you, we can start it off with whoever wants to. It's all subjective here, so go ahead. Since, like, uh, I didn't, I can't remember a lot of iterations anymore. 
I've been playing <laughs> the game since TBC, but I just don't remember a lot since I was very casual prior to BFA. So I would have to say BFA was my favorite one because okay. when it comes to tanking, I really love just dishing out a tons of damage while just being a raid boss. That's generally the theme I'm going for. So BFA was clearly my favor, uh, favorite because you were just, you were just great. Topping damage meters, even in 8.0 when everybody was saying, eh, it's not good, when it really was. So, yeah. And it's just the design philosophy in 8.0 was just great. That The feedback loop from the rage gain and spending it constantly was just amazing. Right. That has to be my favorite one. So, not, not talking corruptions, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good. That season 4 was a different... That I, I did not like how the gearing process of Season 4 worked at all. That and was, how people was... then just started infinitely stacking versatility. I never did that. I yeah, that, really... was, that was like, a, what, the permanent shield wall or something at one point for some of the tanks. I Your baseline, like, like I had a full versati uh, versatile set and I ran one key with it and was like, yep, nope, I'm not doing this, I'm out, peace. Like, I <laughs> want to take damage. Like, I, I you took zero damage. 60% baseline verse and then you jumped up to 100%, 110% with procs. I'm like, yeah, okay, I might as well just log off. <laughs> <laughs> that was my take on it. It uh, was a yeah. crazy, crazy patch that we do not want to remember. Um, all right, well, what about what about you, Pika? What's uh, the favorite version of Pro Warrior that you've played so far? Um, so I, I've actually been recently playing a lot of TBC as Pro Warrior. And what it helped me realize is like, you know, where how far Prot Warrior has come between something like TBC and the current state of Prot Warrior. Um, you know, in TBC, uh, you're very, very strong. You're, you're tanky. However, um, you have a, a ton of threat issues, right? Things like having four target cap with Thunderclap or, you know, having to, you know, wait, you know, please wait for three Thunders. Please, please, I'm just trying to get aggro. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like such a hard thing, but it really helped me appreciate, you know, how far Proud Warrior has come since then. Um, along the lines of what my favorite iteration is, I would say, yes, also BFA Proud Warrior. Um, but I actually did appreciate Corruption a lot. And I and appreciate it for a couple of reasons, right? One, um, depending on the content I was doing, I could go like, oh, like, you know what? I just want to smash, right? So I'm just gonna put out a ton of Twilight Devastation. Doesn't matter if uh, things from beyond are coming to kill me. I just spell reflect them anyways, right? So uh -huh. I could focus on big, big damage as well as also try to master your spell reflect, right? Because that's one of the expansions where spell reflect played such a huge dif uh, difference. It's where all the other tanks were like, please nerf spell reflect, you know, please. Because it was just so good, right? There's the major difference uh, between, you know, timing some of the hardest keys and not. And then also, um, like the versatility stacking you guys were talking about. Uh, yes, numbers, right? It made us pretty much an impervious take. You know, we, 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 were, we could AFK sometimes and you'd be completely fine, right? But as a Mythic Plus tank, what it allowed me to do, it gave me a break to really focus on something like shot calling, right? Because shot calling is something that's imperative to high Mythic Plus. And if you're worried about dying every single second, like at the start of 9.0, you don't have time to, you know, oh, uh, I need to worry about your kick. I need to worry about your stun. So it really gave me like that time and experience to develop shot calling as part of my, you know, repertoire as a, as a tank. But basically it made us like all be able to focus on the whole scenario, not just, you know, am I going to die? Am I not going to die? Pretty cool. Pretty fair, fair, enough, think, fair enough. Yeah, I think it's the, the first tank we ever talked to who's actually mentioning shot calling. I think that's really important. Yeah, lead. I mean... The, lead, motherfucker, lead. 
I mean, I mean, arguably, at least from our perspective and from how we play, tanks usually are at the helm when it comes to Mythic Plus. You can kind of, you obviously are in charge of the route. And uh, usually when playing with Pugs, I personally feel like I'm adjusting my pools based on how how the people are playing around me, like how much damage we have, how well the healer is able to keep me up and things like that. So I do, I do feel like shot calling. I, I see myself uh, doing that if I were doing like 20 plus keys, I guess. Yeah, I know you're shot calling, man. Kick, 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 kick. Oh my God. And I'm not saying it was good shot calling, man. I said I was going to do it. <laughs> Best shot calling is when you announce, okay, I'm a reflect this, and then somebody kicks it anyway. Oh yeah, I know that. I, I know that. Oh. Guilty, I'm sorry. I did that a lot. I'm sorry. You that's know, that's just... my favorite. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Let's, let's not call it shot calling. Let's call it what it is. It's babysitting the DPSers to remember them that they oh, interrupts and everything. Absolutely. Of course, of course. I'll take it. Well, if in a world where all of the DPS specs will get something like what Demon Hunter has, where you get resource by kicking everybody, would eventually end up kicking. <laughs> you, kick I suppose. A, yeah. you kick trees and stuff to get the. You know, Doesn't breaks. matter, man. Need that focus. Cool. Uh, but, but, no, uh, they'll still be screaming. I'm in my combustion. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the moments where my fire mage that I was playing pre-made with used his kick the most because he was so on high APM mode. It was like, yeah, okay, instant kick. I was like, oh, I didn't even call yet, but sure, great, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was one of the good things. No, no, the mages I run with, they, they they try to kick right before the combustion, even if they kick nothing, right? Like, oh, I missed my kick. I guess I can't kick during combustion. <laughs> <laughs> he used it actually rotationally to get a proc back. Something like that. I think there was something like that. In, Wasn't in that an APF? I believe. Yeah, for I think a memory of lucid dreams. Yeah. Oh, true. True. It was rotational to to just use your kick. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right, Moki, what about you, man? What 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 prot warrior iteration do you love the most, or think it was the best? Well, uh, as a disclaimer, I have to say that I played uh, vanilla TBC and then I took a long break until Legion. All right. And so uh, <laughs> these are the expansions that I have uh, to choose between. Uh, first of all, uh, everybody talking about PFA. I also enjoyed PFA. It was fun. But instead of all this versatility and whatever else corruptions, I was stacking Leech because why not? When when uh, when uh, when would I get 30 or 40% leech otherwise, right? Just stack it with corruptions. But as far as it comes to my favorite iteration, I would probably have to say that uh, Legion with uh, tier 20 and tier 21 sets, that, that was crazy. I think, uh, uh, was, it, was it like super high APM uh, by 7.3, I think? The Pro Warrior, because I remember when they added the, the GCD thing, I think uh, in pre-patch to BFA, and I felt like, everything died down like i was pushing like twice as 50 percent less buttons on pro warrior i don't know what that happened must have been pre-patch i think somewhere there yeah because the tier 20 and tier 21 was uh, where we had the uh two four piece uh tier 20 and two piece tier 21 right it, it provided us with uh uh, Perserker Rage uh, generated 20 Rage and uh, additional Rage every, I can't remember, like one second for its duration. And then the four piece was the Chill Slam reduces the cooldown of Perserker Rage by three seconds. So that's a nice uh, Rage loop. And then what the tier 21 uh, two set did was that uh, while Battlecry was active, it reduced the cooldown of Shield Slam by 100%. So running this together with uh, anger management, you could pretty much just 
permanently uh, spam shield slam and get a ton of rage. So we just fed into this nice fast gameplay loop. Yeah. Everybody was Insane nice rage generation coupled with all the with the damage and then the rage uh, feedback loop happening again. Yeah. Wait, are we that talking about BSA? Because that's been oh, like, well, yeah, <laughs> you did that as well. Yeah, especially with lucid dreams, right? But there yeah. it was mainly a lot of. It was like just slamming one button of shield slam. Okay, so let me ask you guys. Um, th this is coming from from the the perspective perspective of an outsider. But what actually happened uh, moving to to Shadowlands was like I don't know, vengeance too powerful. Or was Prothborger lacking some stuff? Because I remember we did with a couple of uh, logs and then within the artillery for, for tanks and stuff. And I remember, like, at least at the beginning, Prothborger was not looking that well, great. Uh, the thing is... The, it was always Vengeance, Vengeance, Vengeance. I think it was all the tanks that got uh, their... There's a coefficient that uh, got nerfed, if I recall, right? The armor of all tanks kind of were was busted. Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about like why Prot Warrior kind of fell off at the start of 9.0. Mm -hmm. I I kind of mentioned this on my stream because I, that's one of the biggest questions I kind of got um, when I started streaming in 9.0. And one of the biggest reasons I would say personally, it wasn't that Warrior lost like a craziest amount of strength. Like yes, our talents got reworked and anger management, we didn't have as much uptime of Avatar. Things were a little bit clunky with our talents and it did change. But I think the biggest change, um, the problem with, with, with it was that so many warriors came from end of season four with full versatility prop warrior, right? Like the indestructible prop warrior with the highest amount of gear, the crazy amount of damage, and then you go into a whole new expansion. So when you go into a whole new expansion, you're, you're, everything gets reset, right? So even at the start of EFA, uh, warriors weren't like as strong as they were because we do scale very, very well with haste. Um, but basically, at the start of Shadowlands, warriors came in like they're maybe these are reroll meta prot warriors who like mm -hmm. joined at the end of season four, seeing us at our strongest, and then they come into a new expansion and they don't really know how to handle not being like you know crazy strong, right? Not having the infinite amount of versatility. We're actually dying to things like magic bolts, actually dying to people not kicking. And that that's the biggest problem in Star Shadowlands. It was the the biggest the huge difference between being at our best and being at our worst. And people couldn't handle that. So you know they weren't used to having to kite. And you know that that's why people saw Pro Warrior as so weak when we actually weren't that bad after all. And personally that that's my experience. How about you, Numb? Uh, for me it's it, I agree basically with everything except the part where you said like we're at our worst because we I feel like we're not or we weren't it's literally just like like you said people were used to being this god of a tank basically in, in terms of BFA levels at least um, and then we got this talent shuffle the rotation changed up slightly a bit uh, and just yeah the lack of gear is ma mainly that thing people aren't used to prod worry being like low gear everything that's really punishing it you really need a base level of gear to function well and not many people are actually willing to put in the hours uh to gear up your fresh prod warrior and get to know it and understand the rotation everything what has changed so it's just not a lot of love from like those bottom rerollers obviously <laughs> so they just my, my my main thing would be people just didn't know how to play it and they weren't willing to put in the hours when everybody was just like, oh, look, everybody on play, uh, beta played Vengeance Demon Hunter until 22, so I'm going to do the same. And then that's that. It's just polarizing. 
and just snowballed. I've never saying that like Vengeance isn't strong. Like Vengeance is very strong and their toolkit fits perfectly with um, the style of dungeons in in the current expansion. But yeah, like people didn't really understand like where does Prot Warrior, like where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses? And our strengths always being, you know, taking that physical damage, you know, whenever our shield block is up, you know, our physical damage reduction is is crazily insane. But we are weak to magic damage. Like if you look at the highest of keys in BFA, um, where were Prot Warriors struggling? Where we're struggling at Zul, right? At like the very <laughs> high King's Rest. And why is that? It's because it's pure magic damage. Right? Why did we kind of struggle in season three of BFA? It, like we didn't like fall off completely, but the magic damage from those emissaries were killer on Prot Warrior, which is why like other tanks started to like move out. Like Monk was also very strong in season three when Prot Warrior was very strong in season two and season four because the affixes kind of uh, revolved around physical damage, and like people needed to understand that going into Shadowlands. One of the things though in season three with Monk was though like they had the stars aligned for them. They had insane trinkets that scaled off of their, what was it, crit? Where they got an extra heal for the Urchin yeah. and the Edict, as well as Ring of Peace, just completely negating the seasonal affix every now and again, where are just like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna use Ring and then that's the, that thing is gone. Wasn't the, the celestial, celestial Guidance also bugged? Wasn't that why Brewmaster was the strong? Strongest yes. goddamn phone. Uh, because I, I remember they, they were fixing it. I think it was proccing way too much or was proccing weirdly based off some HP coefficient. I don't, I don't remember the exact details. Yeah, exactly. If they basically got 50% too much healing out of their Celestial Fortune or whatever it's called. Oh, Fortune, right. I think that's... that's yeah. So that was also one of the reasons, as well as the, the rare Hot Trap coming in. So they got a good damage buff, as well as the first boss's weapon which also increased their DPS output, which they were lacking, and then they got, like, compensation through gear. But yeah, that's I guess that's enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the, um, the representation in the, in the race? We, we touched a lot on, on the Mythic Plus side of things. And, you know, it's, it's obvious, because, you know, P Pika is a, a Mythic Plus god over there. But what about what, what about raiding? Because, uh, again, we're talking about logs, cause, okay, it's not the most trustworthy source, I know, but maybe just addressing community perception in raids, at least not from the beginning. Was this the same issues like just people not really understanding how to play pro properly or actually having some weaknesses for this uh, this raid tier specifically? It's mostly a popularity issue. Right. Even in BFA, when everybody was screaming Prod Warriors OP, Prod Warriors is insanely <laughs> strong. If you look at the numbers from the raids and the, uh, the stories that I've heard in Skyhold, you were not a really popular tank for the raid. Like everybody was saying, yeah, there's so much magic damage. You, you, you can't you, you can't tank the raid as a prod warrior. What, what do you mean? And stuff like that. Those stories went around a ton. And that, I guess, has weighed into Kazanathria uh, as well, where people just think prod warrior is not a good raid tank because of the potential of ah magic damage. And oh no, our biggest weakness. It, and that just trickles down, obviously, and then it's just, in general, Protwar is not a popular spec. Even right now, when it was even used in the world, uh, Race the World first, for multiple reasons, uh, most of the tanks are just Vengeance Demon Hunter and Brewmaster, like by a long shot. Well, we're here to change that community perception. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have a different take on that. Um, and my take on that is, 
you, when you look to the world first guilds, right? Like, what tank comp are they running? And people like tend to typically copy. Oh, what is Limit doing? You know, what is uh, Echo doing? What is BDG doing? Right? And uh, if you see a Prot Warrior there, then like Prot Warrior maybe gains a little bit more of um, a popularity in the raids. But the main issue comes like down to it is. Kind of like the reason I know I have a raid spot, right? Why do I have a raid spot? Well, I bring Battle Shout and I bring Rally and Cry. Okay, if I didn't have Battle Shout, honestly, I don't know if Warriors would have even seen play this tier, right? And the reason why people ran Pro Warriors this tier is they wanted the Rally and they wanted the Battle Shout, but um, usually you get that from DPS Warriors, right? But DPS Warriors this tier specifically were pretty lackluster, <laughs> right? At the start, yeah. before Fury got the buff, yeah, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. We're talking about like during Prague, right? So if you look at like something like SLG, I'll be getting like a 99 parse, right? And I'm still like bottom of the DM damage meter, <laughs> right? And for, for DPS Warriors. And whenever DPS Warriors are like bad, then prop warriors seem to tend to have a rise, right? Because you still want that shout, you still want that rally, but you don't want to have to bring the bottom of the DPS. So that's why Prot Warriors are pretty strong right now, I would say, in Shadowlands, because uh, DPS Warriors are a little bit lackluster. Same thing with Havoc, right? Like, why do Vengeance Team uh, Hunters suddenly see such a surge um, in Castle Nathria versus before? Because Havoc was awful. Like, that's just as it is. Like, Havoc Demon Hunter's damage output was pretty awful at the start of the tier. So run it back, like, all through the, all the other expansions, and DPS Warriors were always doing very, very well. Right, so you didn't need their buff. Like you, you already had naturally their buff in the raid. You didn't have to find a way to fit it in without bringing lackluster DPS. And the other thing, the other reason is that early prog. Um, if you look at the tank compositions that people are using for raids, it's, you're talking about things like uh, Brewmaster Monk, which is very good because of stagger. Right, it, it takes the big hits and puts it over a, a little bit longer period of time, so healers have time to react, and they're pretty self-sufficient. You know. Um, with their orbs. And then secondly, you have Blood Decay. Again, Death Strike. Uh, they don't, don't need to be managed by healer as much as something like a Prot Warrior, which, you know, we're completely reliant on our healers in order to keep us up. No matter what we're doing, we maybe be taking less damage here and there, but we have no self-sufficiency, like outside of like hoping ignore pain and using our cooldowns a good well, but we still have to rely on healing. So that healing, instead of going onto the raid during progression, during big AoEs, um, has to be then focused more on your tank, which is why it's not a I wouldn't say it's like a tier one, you know, progression tank. I would say that it is. It brings the rally and it brings the battle shout if you don't have a DPS warrior. Um, but typically, Blood Decay, Brewmaster, Vengeance Demon Hunter are all kind of a little bit more suited to progression when healing is a little bit scarce. Although, although well, we do run into this uh, issue with pretty much every spec when it comes to raid buffs and that causes a problem when it comes to um, representation, let's say. I do want to ask a, sp a more specific question uh, based on what you uh, just mentioned, Pika. Uh, because I was personally uh, very happy to see the changes to Indomitable that we have uh, right now in Shadowlands as opposed to what it has been, I guess, for the past three expansions, if you consider Shadowlands as well. In BFA and in Legion, it was not as... Sustainable. I think it was used in Legion. Uh, maybe you guys can correct me on this one, at least at the beginning. But I know that Indomitable was pretty lackluster in BFA. And it felt like now it was addressing the lack of self-sustain that, that Prot had. Obviously, will never be uh, something like Prot Paladin or, or Blood Decay. But I personally felt that that was a step in the right direction. How much did you guys feel like this impacted your overall... Uh, survivability let's say than the chin is indomitable it was a nice addition like absolutely like in, in the early stages of the beta it would it would compete with 
Was it Boldstar? I think it competed with Boldstar. Yeah, like in the early beta. Was, yeah, in the early beta, the talents were messed up, so it was Boldstar in them and never surrender all in the same row. Yeah. And so the feedback was we kind of want to play Indomitable because we missed the legendary braces from Legion because that's basically half of the effect it was. Like it, it used to be just a 10% HP increase, but now every 10 rage you spend, you heal for yourself for 1% uh, of your maximum HP. That was the manner of Bracers from Legion. And it's just a really nice addition to the kit. Actually making it a good talent now, which is basically picked in every single situation. And so I'm very happy to see that one coming into play. And, I mean, it's picked in every single situation because never surrender and impending victory are just so lackluster. <laughs> so you, yes. you almost never want to pick those talents. Absolutely. But me, pers me personally, um, as Noma said, it's really nice to have, but it's nothing game-changing, I would say, because you're still not going to be this amazing self-sufficient tank. You're still going to get your hots and uh, direct heals, depending on the scenario. So it's just like something in addition. So we, we, we kind of addressed, you know, the whole thing started off in, in Shadowlands. Now, 9.1 looks... Promising, I would say. Is that too much? Well, I mean, probably got a couple of buffs uh, in 9.0. I don't remember exactly. I know, was Vanguard buffed again? I feel like they, they're nerfing Vanguard and buffing Vanguard every expansion now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's It seems like, and this is a, a personal problem that I have with the overall stat of haste and, and how... Uh, haste reliance is probably and how it can change from having like 5% haste to having like 20% haste. Uh, the playstyle and survivability of proc can change, at least for, from an average player's perspective, changes a lot. And I feel like whenever you swap from a, uh, from a new expansion, you drop in that haste. It, it's always a little bit of a, a rocky start, but uh, I think Pro Warrior picks up a lot of a lot of speed with a lot of gear and obviously with a, with a lot of haste, but uh, even even when uh, when I, I picked Pro Warrior initially, it didn't feel like it was that bad of a tank. At least the way the community per, uh, perception was supposed to be. Uh, with that in mind, how do you guys see the spec uh, coming into 9.1 and uh, the new raids, whatever you managed to test so far? Because think about the time of this recording, the raid isn't out yet. I think Pro Warrior and every single tank generally is in a really good spot going into 9.1. There. Um... One of the best things in the raid is that the first boss drops a shield. Our most important item. <laughs> first boss right off the bat drops a haste versatility shield, which everybody loves. Hey, haste versa, that's all I want, right? Um, so that's great if you can snag that one real quick. Um, so with the changes that happened in 9.05 with the reprisal coming into play and the many Vanguard buffs in beta, Prod Warrior is looking in, in a really good position, I feel like, in the right hands. I, I did some PTR testing, but my guild did like extensive PTR testing and so did many other guilds, right, coming into the new raid. But what the feedback that most people gave, um, not counting like the most recent changes that haven't really been able to test, right, but in the PTR testing, tank damage was pretty much irrelevant. Like none of the bosses were hitting so hard that, you know, you needed to have a, a big self-healing tank, you needed to have like a, a monk in order to take the damage. No, no tank damage was really doing that much in the new raid, uh, even in mythic testing. Uh, obviously, again, like that might change when it actually goes live. Um, 
But because of that, you know, Prot Warrior is looking like a pretty good tank going forward. One of the big changes in 9.0.5 was the introduction of Reprisal Legendary, right? And that what allowed us to do with the combination of free repercussions was to have like talent is to have about a hundred percent uptime of shield block, right? Which is pretty unheard of, like on um, like during this time of uh, tanking, having a hundred percent of your strongest physical reduction uh, mitigation. And because of that, Prot Warrior actually looks like a pretty damn strong tank. Um, going into 9.1 for any like heavy, heavy melee damage tank. Because I don't like something like if there's a boss that's exactly kind of like the damage profile of Sludge Fist, then yeah, there's going to be no tank that, in my personal opinion, that's going to be as strong as Prot Warrior because you have 100% uptime of shield block. And uh, like if that boss doesn't do crazy magic damage, then you know they're going to be probably the number one tank for that. And even if he's gonna do crazy magic damage, then we're still going to have options to deal with it. At least if it's going to be spike damage, then we can still yeah. run like the wall or or swap around some of our talents to anger management. So I, I also agree that we are really looking strong in 9.1. Like there yeah. weren't many changes. There was only like this uh, execute uh, damage increase 10% uh, that they buffed us with, but that's that's a whole other story when it comes to our damage output. But defensively, we are 100% in a really, really solid uh, spot. And I guess that can translate also to, to Mythic Plus. Uh, I mean, is it like the same story? We're uh, probably just going to be uh, much better or at least better. OK, let, let, let's let's I, I have to say this. We are already really, 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 really good. Uh, all, all this uh, perception of, oh, Prot is so bad, is, is just lingering around. Like, yeah, I even, didn't say that, man. Yeah, yeah but even, even in the current patch, uh, we're really, really strong. Like ever since Reprisal came out, even before that, uh, well, before Reprisal, we were okay. But since Reprisal, we are in a really solid spot uh, in regards to Mythic Plus. So nobody's complaining, man. Yeah. Before yeah. Reprisal, I was the only Prot Warrior pushing. <laughs> reprisal, yep. I remember. Oh, everyone's uh, jumping on the. Yeah. <laughs> I remember You were even playing Vanthyr, right? Well, like, a Warrior has the. We're kind of blessed and cursed at the same time that I personally don't think our covenants matter that much. Like, yeah, like, you know, they give you some kind of like uh, cool abilities here and there, but what it breaks down to is normally you have. One, one spell, whether it be like Soul Shape, Door Shadows, uh, as a kiting ability, right? Something to help you, whether like Spear Bastion, and then you have something that that um, kind of does damage or interrupts, right? So again, like Spear Bastion or uh, H Aftershock. So like there are things that are old, like it's nice to have, but if your DPS just kind of kick or help you at all, it's kind of like the same thing, right? Spear Bastion is just like a, a cool vortex, right? Ancient Aftershock, is just your DPS don't have to kick for 12 seconds when they really could just kick and you don't really need Ancient Aftershock, right? So like your covenants don't matter that much for Prot Warriors. So you can push as, you know, I've pushed as all four covenants at one point or another because I wanted to test it. I wanted to go to Nom being like, oh, hey, look, Nom, I'm doing as Necrolord. Explain to everybody why I'm Necrolord. Hey, Nom, I'm playing Venthyr now. Please explain to everybody who comes into Skyhold saying, you know, wait, wait, is Venthyr best? <laughs> so, yeah. so that was, that was, yep, exactly. <laughs> that was you, man. Where I was uh, getting constant questions on stream. So, so Necrolord now. So, 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 uh, Night Fae now. I was like, what, what? I, Every I, single day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always in the Kyrian camp. I love Spirit Bastion. <laughs> yeah, but like because of that, like, like I don't think Covenant matters like too much. Obviously, if you want to go to like maybe that 25 to 26 key, maybe it'll make that little bit of difference, right? That you need. 
uh, in order to time that key. But in generally, like 99% of the population, you can play literally any Covenant, and as long as you do good, solid prop warrior play, you'll be completely fine. And then that being said, like what changed in 9.1 that is so different that why Prot Warrior is looking pretty good? Um, two of the most significant changes I would say is one is the removal of Prideful, right? So Prideful does like a ton of magic damage, right? On your in your tank. And if you don't have shield block up, it also does a, a part of physical damage. So Prideful is also not a very good thing for Prot Warriors because we actually aren't self-sufficient at all. So we're completely reliant on our healer in order to heal us. Whereas something like a Vengeance Demon Hunter, a Blood Decay, during Pridefall, they could just sit there the entire time and probably never die. Like the rest of your team will die, but the tank on its own <laughs> is pretty self-sufficient, which gives your healer a lot more options to either a DPS to kill the Prideful faster or to heal other people. So again, you don't die. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two is the removal of everyone's favorite belt enchant, right? Um, I'll, I can't, it's slipping my mind right now. Uh, assassin. Car yeah, Cardboard Assassin. So they nerfed Cardboard Assassin in the recent patch to make it so that it really only takes like one hit now and it shares a cooldown with uh, potions. Uh, why that was such a big thing is that, I don't know if you can see some of the clips in 9.0, 9.0.5, um, there's whole something like 30 seconds where tanks aren't tanking and that's perfectly built for something like a Vengeance Demon Hunter, right? Um, whenever they hit Twilight Dev, they're completely fine. Once meta drops, all right, you drop Cardboard Assassin. Okay, player two, drop Cardboard Assassin. Player three, drop Cardboard Assassin. For like a good 30 seconds straight, and then you rinse and repeat. Oh, they have Twilight Dev again? Okay, we can start tanking these giant packs. And because they removed that, or they removed really the ability to do that in 9.0, the tanks really have to now tank the packs. You no more have like, you no more have that um, borrowed power from other classes, especially also with Boomkin falling a little bit out of the meta. Like obviously Boomkin is still going to be, I think pretty decent for Mythic Plus, um, but yeah. maybe they won't be the, the S tier that everyone is looking for because their damage profile is like a little bit worse now. Uh, that's also then again with the removal of trees. So because you don't have things like trees and Carbon Assassin to tank all the physical hits for you, uh, tanks that can take great physical abuse, so like bears, prop warrior, are looking to be pretty good in 9.1. Yeah, and the meta changing potentially to different DPS, not entirely just range balance uh, based, also makes it that the value of what was it, uh, the, the Demon Hunter debuff slightly decreases potentially. So the value of Battle Shot might rise. I don't know. Chaos and with the Rallying Cry, we also uh, offer a good uh, ra uh, group CD for survival for higher keys because in the higher keys it's usually an issue of the dps surviving rather than the tank through like bosses or missed stuff yeah? but as pika mentioned the 30 seconds time where you had okay trees then five cardboard assassins then throw an earth ally in there by, by the time all of that ha has happened maybe trees is up again so you really didn't have to tank and everything just stood uh, still in place so the fire mage if i may just flame patches could just continuously take and do crazy damage and since that is just kind of ch changing, especially also with the Fire Mages nerfs, that, yeah, would shake up the meta a bit. Yeah, but don't, don't get me wrong, though. Like, all the other tanks, they're still going to be pretty good, right? Not Like, if Sigil and all the Demon Hunter utility was good in Season 1, it's still very good in Season 2. Like, there is nothing that's better than Silent Sigil, I think, for utility. Like, Silent Sigil on Demon Hunter is absolutely broken. Like, I mean, Demon Hunter's gonna hate me out there. Like, I, I firmly think that, yes, it should be a great AoE interrupt, but I think the Silence is just too powerful for it to last the length that it does. Right? So you look at something like Mechagon, right? Right before the the two uh, the two gnomes that you have to fight in the, in the gnome wing. 
um, the, there's those three acid little guys, uh, three slimes, mm. and with something with silent sigil into beam into like natural interrupts, like you have enough time to kill it. But if you're not a tank that has something like that, uh, your your whole team is just gonna get obliterated in a high key. And something like again like um, Ring of Peace, like all these other tanks have very high utility that I think probably lacks a little bit. We kind of rely, rely a lot on our utility on, again, the team doing well, which is why I kind of go back to shot calling is one of the most important things you can do in Mythic Plus because <laughs> everyone has the ability to do these things, but the other tanks don't have to rely on other people to do it for you. But you don't need to rely on having to be like, oh, can you sheep that? You can just in-cap it, you know, you can imprison it. Uh, and again, like so on and so forth. Oh, but One. now, well, uh, now we can come back to the covenants uh, because covenants in this uh, area do matter because we have night fay, right? We like we, we we used to be pretty much all uh, Kyrian before, probably mainly due to the fact that nobody else just played Kyrian and we wanted the dungeon bonus buffs. <laughs> uh, but now with the uh, changes and everything uh, done in 9.1, I think that some of the DPS classes are also going Kyrian. Oh, so yeah. we are a bit more lenient in that we can choose to go Night Fae without losing the uh, Kyrian benefits from um, another a party member. So we do have this uh, nice solid 12 second interrupts that we can play around. Yep. What, what I want to touch upon again was uh, warrior utility, because when I play other tanks, one thing I miss the most is my stuns, especially on uh, Vengeance Demon Hunter. Since I'm so used to prod warrior, and then if I were to play my Demon Hunter, just the lack of instant stuns is just what throws me off a lot. Like, yeah, Silent Sigil is amazing, especially when, I, when you mentioned it, I thought of Sanguine Depths after first boss, this pull where you pull like 15 casters or whatever at once yeah. and you just silence it and you're like, oh, okay. They just die now. When worry, I think you can deal with that separately yourself as well because I treat my fear more than an AOE interrupt because they instantly break anyway. So you have your shockwave, you have your fear. And as well, if you talent into Stormbolt, you have what I think is actually, I would personally think that Stormbolt is actually a bit overpowered. Because not many tanks can offer a range stun on the 30 second cooldown. That's that's a four second stun. Now, if you were to play, if you play with rogues, and obviously shockwave is not a desired thing because it puts everything on a DR. So the stuns from the rogue will just not last as long. So that's not as great. But that that in itself, com uh, coupled with the railing cry, I think makes up a great point of utility for warrior. All the utility that I need is spell reflect. Whenever I play another tank, then I <laughs> that's like the one thing I miss the most. Like just uh, shock waving the flying, what are they, birdies in Spires of Ascension, and then uh, and then just spell reflecting all of them, watching them die, or the last boss in uh, yeah, what, what's yeah, the other side. <laughs> like I, I tanked that on my paladin. And I almost had a heart attack because I <laughs> nearly died. <laughs> well, on protection warrior, just press spell reflect and laugh at his face. <laughs> I think for any other tank than pro warrior, that ability is the most aptly named ability in the game. The, the soul crusher ability. That whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever that pops, and I'm not a pro warrior, I 100% go, oh, fuck, I should have been a pro warrior right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have I introduced you to the Temple of Vengeance Demon Hunter? You hit Twilight Dev and nothing hurts you. <laughs> very, very good way of spell reflecting. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, now with uh, Darkler Boon or whatever, might have even more uh, 
But but enough about uh, vengeance. I, I actually wanted to uh, to uh, play off on uh, a couple of things that you guys said, especially against uh, utility. I don't know how this can translate into it as well. But we do have a couple of talents that we kind of almost never use. Although Pro Warrior has a fair bit of uh, viable talents depending on what legendary use. But uh, right now, the first one that comes to mind is Menace, and I don't recall ever using menace or ever having a reason to use menace and when you mentioned the silent sigil i was like oh yeah that's some pretty good good utility maybe probably you can get something similar to that in the form of menace because menace the way it is right now it i don't it feels a little bit luxury so so what i'm getting at is in terms of talents guys like the the dead talents or talents that never are used what what do you guys think of can can we get rid of some do you think that they can be improved upon and in what way you see them being added so that maybe pro warrior can find an easier time to to be seen as a as a valid spot in a group mythic plus or raid as well because obviously there's always the issue of uh, buffs of class buffs and a lot of people seem to think that it's probably better if we just get rid of them um, altogether, but then you still have utility, and there has to be some some difference between having a pro warrior and a blood decay that brings AMZ, right? So, what do what do you guys think about the talents? Do you think like some of them can be improved, or some of them are just dead forever? Anything I'm like going that? to shoot from the hip. Punish, <laughs> dragon roar, never surrender, unstoppable force. There you go. <laughs> Note it down. All I'll right. Take it home with you. It's easier builds. Easier builds. Nice. <laughs> I, I used it once. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I used it once, but <laughs> but, but in general, like me. he tried me, he get he got me to run this really crazy build, right? Like he posted his <laughs> childhood as like Pikachu tried on stream, and then I came to my stream, and then everyone was like, "Did you guys see the the build Maui tried? Like, is asking you to try. You should try it." I'm like, "All right, I'll try it in this 15 DOS." And oh my god, it was like the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I was like, "Oh god, Potish is awful for like AOE. I have to press now, devastate on top of like everything." And my, my threat is gone, and I'm playing things like like Dragon Sword or like I don't remember exactly. I like never surrender. I just felt so weak. Like obviously there are some talents that are are going to be there like all the time, right? You're gonna run Indomitable. Like you have no choice. You're gonna run Devastator. Whenever you try to vary too much from that, like your build just gets like or it seems to get like ten times worse. Yeah, and then this is what I mean. Like all the talents that I uh, mentioned before. I think that all of these should be are well pretty much dead right now, uh, either because they are so lackluster or because uh, of what they are competing against. Like Devastator, I mean Punish is competing against Devastator, Dragon Roar is competing against Booming Voice, Best Served Cold. Like Dragon Roar did used to have some uh, niche back in Alpha, I think, when it did uncapped AoE and a ton of damage, but uh, they just made it also a drop-off. AOE somewhere down the line, and now it's just far behind all the other options. Never Surrender has been dead pretty much since forever. I think we used it in BFA, like on the Motherlode 2 last bosses when you wanted to on really, really high keys, but that's about it. Unstoppable Force got killed because of the Thunderlords uh, change and Anger Management change, yeah. And well, of course, Thunder, uh, Thunderclap uh, damage reduction. So I think that like there there are plenty of talents that will never see play. Like they're just we have this almost set in stone talent uh, build for Mythic Plus and for raids. Outside of uh, well, some legendary choices influencing like if you want to run reprisal with heavier progression. But when we come to what what could be done to change it, then for example, I don't know. Let's take Never Surrender. Yeah, at the moment it's pretty useless. It just uh, 
uh, increases the max uh, maximum gap of your ignore pain, which literally does nothing. You're still going to die. It doesn't matter what your maximum gap is. Like they, they could maybe, I don't know, uh, make it uh, Legion ignore pain, where it actually increases the damage that it prevents from like uh, to 90%, up to 90% or something like that. Then at least it would be beneficial more of the time because at the moment it's just yeah with if you change the how it worked with the okay it prevents now 90% of the damage taken you could argue or oh, well it would turn ignore pain into a powerful defensive for like absorbing entire hits of like large hits or just generally damage uh, dots because right now the 50% absorb is just like something okay sure like from a 4k hit you still take 2k and if you turn that to 90, it'll turn to like a 400 hit. Sure, you won't, over the entire duration of Ignore Pain, you will absorb the ex exact same amount of damage. But with the threshold uh, prevention change, it could actually be used against like large hits, like way better. You could just negate it. It would basically turn into an Azoth uh, Psychic Shell. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's what it was. And then would it actually have uses outside of just, yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, no, it doesn't have any uses right now, so yeah. Like, the main problem with our talent rows is that there's either, you either run to the situation where a talent is kind of useless, and it's because there's like somewhat of like a negative kind of effect. Let's take Menace, for example, right? You guys were talking about that. In theory, Menace is pretty good for one major situation, which I would think is Sanguine, right? Like, you want to get mobs out, you need a knockback. Uh, Sanguine was like the only theorized time you would maybe run Menace. But the problem with that is that it keeps your main target in the Sanguine. So if you're if you want to be really crafty, you have to kind of choose another target that's beside the target you want to knock out a sanguine to then knock it out using menace, which is a really annoying kind of not really feasible kind of thing at the time. And also like so many mobs aren't affected by knockback that you really do want to get knocked back. Um, so the talent is kind of dead. And then the other option is that there's just a clear better talent in the in the row versus that talent like. Uh, for instance, like you maybe you want to run something like Dragon's Roar, right? Like just for the damage. But Best Serve Cold and Booming Voice are just so much better. And because Dragon's Roar also has the AoE cap, it's it's just not as good. Um, the one the one talent I wish like I could have is I wish I could have Stormbolt no matter what. Because as Nam was saying before, I think Stormbolt is crazy good. It is probably one of the best utilities you can have. But if you're running with the new legendary reprisal, it's kind of hard to also want to run Stormbolt. Yeah, I'm a I'm a firm believer that yes, I would want to have Stormbolt. But sometimes, you know, double time does make that difference, especially in survivability of high keys. Um, you just hope that your DPS will end up stunning and will stop the things that you that, so that they don't kill you, so that you can in turn have more shield block uptime, so you can keep things in place, so they can do more damage. And that like that's kind of like the trade-offs you keep happening. And I wish we could have Stormbolt baseline instead of having to choose double time over it kind of thing. Either one or the, one or the other, but like, I wish I could didn't have to choose between something like that. Bigger management baseline. <laughs> I, wait, I, wait. I feel like uh, yeah, it sounds like anger management as well is to become a staple for all warrior specs. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what Furian arms will be running in 9.1, but pretty much all warrior specs in the last couple of years have used anger management at any point in time. and. I feel like those kind of those kind of mechanics make the class play smoother when you just get your stuff quicker, because in the grand grand scheme of things, it's about us having fun playing the game and what's not what's how how is not fun to have like your cool abilities quicker. 
And uh, yeah, I, and uh, for me, from 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 where I'm standing, just looking at the way that their design talents, it just feels like they just don't have the time to do everything. Like I've never seen a situation where I would like to use punish. Uh, neither menace as well. And uh, like Moaki said, uh, the, the Dragon Roar just doesn't make any sense. And it's weird in a world where you have like uncapped AoE uh, DPS that you have, just have like, what, what what did you call it? Drop down damage, where it just scales down the more targets you have. I think that's what you meant, right? Uh, with, with Dragon Roar, right? And I yeah, think that's, yeah. that's true for Thunderclap as well, if I'm not mistaken. Like, the more targets you hit, the lower the damage uh, that it does it to the like, additional targets. Yeah, yeah but thund Thunderclap <laughs> and the Revenge are past five targets, but Dragon Roar is past the first targets. Right, so it's it just feels like it's out of place and just feels like they didn't have the, the time to design it, so I don't know. It's, it's a little bit weird. But keeping it to, like, the 9.1 uh, topic, and... Uh, I like the fact that you mentioned that the covenants aren't that important. Are the covenants legendaries making any change uh, to that as well? Would, would because you drop we talk reprisal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we did talk a lot about reprisal, and uh, obviously the wall is also pretty good. But are the covenant legendaries doing anything for prod at the moment? In the sense they that just can't drop. replace reprisal. At least yeah, in mythic plus, yeah. like reprisal on its own is too strong of a legendary. It didn't matter like almost how you would tune any of the the new legendaries coming out and it doesn't matter how they would tune if you made them like super strong super op and damage it's just not going to be better than reprisal in in 9.1 in the current state yeah that's what i've been saying also in skyhold like the chain that once the the kyrian legendary wasn't public yet it just didn't exist people were asking yeah it's like i hope the kyrian legendary is good and was like it ha would have to be insanely broken for us to give up reprisal and then like but for them to bring out a legendary that would trump our reprisal, it would mean it would ha have to scale out of control for Arms and Fury as well, since they share the same legendaries yeah. with yeah. us, right? So that can't happen. So you already know from the get and you from the get go is like, yeah, that's probably not gonna be a really good legendary. Like it, the current legendary is a good one for Arms Curian or for PvP, where it increases the duration of spear and the damage it deals. That coupled with Mechanicus later on uh, with this cornerstone is going to be really strong for Mythic Plus in terms of damage, at least for the other specs, but you really just can't give up Reprisal defensively. Offens uh, offensively speaking, for Necrolord, the Glory Legendary is really powerful. However, you give up a ton of defensive, like you, you give up a ton of survivability for the favor of buffing an additional person with the Necrolord banner, which can see play in the raid. It's not going to be a choice for Mythic Plus because you give up all your survivability. But for Raid, it has really solid potential. If you know you can survive the encounter, especially in high-rated guilds, it's, it's going to see definitely play. Like almost guaranteed if there's a Prod Warrior in the Raid from the like top guilds, he's most likely going to be Necrolord running the Glory Legendary and then just getting fed externals or if there's need for that. But the Glory Legendary really can shine there a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's like the only circumstance. Like in Mythic Plus, yeah, reprisal is a is a no brainer. But in raid, um, because the raid damage is crazy, because survivability is not like such a big deal. At least you could see in PTR, any of the warriors that will be in the high high raid guilds going into nine point one uh, will be Necrolord and will most likely be going Glory because in the end of the day, uh, DPS kills bosses. Right? The fast, the more DPS that you have. The faster they die, you don't have to worry about like as many mechanics. So like the, the big best guilds in the world have some of the best DPS in the world because 
the checks are just so crazy. If you looked at like Castle Nathria and like Sludge Fist, that like during the progression for Mythic, it was crazy. The DPS check was just just insane. But if the prop warrior had a chance there to run Glory, you 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 for sure like you would not see another legendary that they would be running just because it buffs like three of the DPS during their big cooldowns during like a damage in damage increase phase on a boss. That's just insane. They go up to something like five to eight hundred damage increase on those people during those like 10 second windows during the race they even some of them even tried to solo tank sludge just to meet the dps check which in the end they didn't like i think the tanks just couldn't handle it so they just said okay echo swapped revis from dps to tank so they would gain it still keep the uh, battle shot buff and then bring in another dps instead of maris that was one thing they did but yeah, like damage increase phases, like Sludge, is the perfect situation for uh, Necrolot Banner. Uh, talking about the Venthyr and uh, Nightfay legendary, Sinful Surge, which extends uh, last stand for us for by three seconds for every condom we use. Not really useful since the conduits, uh, the conduit unnerving focus, as well as the talent bolster, don't get extended by it. So you literally just have. Okay, I talent into Bolster because I have to run the Sinful Surge Legendary. And then I extend last stand quite a decent amount, but, I, but my shield block I gained off of it is just going to drop off. So the Legendary itself is extremely useless. It does barely anything. And the Nature's Fury Legendary for Night Fae. Also, you give up your, all your survivability for a bit of a damage gain. As Mari can show or has figured out it, is actually this, like the highest simming legendary right now, but it's just not worth it. They pretty much just shot themselves in the legs by re uh, releasing reprisal, so... <laughs> as, at least as far as uh, protection legendaries goes. was about to say, uh, I, I like the mechanics of reprisal, I like the charging all over the place and getting shot block. I feel like in a concept that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> don't go booing reprisal. Yeah, it's the worst legendary <laughs> I, since day one. I, like yep. it was coming out, I was complaining. I was like, "This is the worst thing they could possibly put in the game because <laughs> it basically makes my intervene on CD. I have to play it like I have to use it on CD without ever thinking of you know, is it going to be a good time to use it? Like, should I be worried about when I should use it? Can I save somebody from mechanic by using uh, intervene on them? Um, it's just it's just so awful and because we never had to use intervene in such a way before that i made this huge weak meme weak aura on my screen with a giant intervene button so every time that you have to press it you know it helps new players uh, get used to uh, intervene on cooldown intervene on cooldown and it's just it's such a degenerate gameplay form you know you're not really worrying about anything else other than like can i charge it here can i charge it here you're like a ping pong ball it's like awful. Yeah, i remember you complaining in sky like literally from day on we're like nah i don't want to give up i don't want to use my utility to gain like to gain survivability that's not it's not what i want to do and even though you made that giant weak aura i like the few times i've popped into your stream i see it like yep a solid minute of this icon just sitting there <laughs> i was like okay um, well, sure. <laughs> this this actually this is perfect because this is a, a, a it works really well for my question. Um, in a world where reprisal makes pro warriors so good, um, I think obviously the the answer is probably pretty obvious right about now, but I still want to hear it. Uh, what would you guys prefer, having reprisal and making pro warrior really good at content, and whatever legendary they add into the game, it will never be as good as reprisal, or them either sacking reprisal or nerfing it into the ground so that there will be at least a few legendaries that are competitive and 
would those legendaries be competitive at with the pool that we have now, or is it just back to shield wall if they they sack reprisal, or the wall, not shield wall? Jesus. Oh, so, okay, yeah. okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We would probably go back to that. Um, the thing about reprisal is, it it's basically the band aid fix that should have happened to the class baseline because. What the most people complained about is rage generation. I, I struggle with rage generation, then I struggle uh, with snap threat, and they struggle with shield block uptime. And then it just decided, okay, hey, we have this useless legendary that in 9.0, uh, yeah, the 9.0 iteration was when you intervene a target and that target gets hit and you redirect that hit, you gain a full uh, ignore pain charge, I think, on yourself. And some rage i think that, that was the previous iteration so that obviously got reworked into exactly the band-aid fix that the class itself needed we were lacking in uptime rage and damage output and through the best of cold talent it fixed the damage through the frequent charging and free uh, shield block charge we gained like 50 effective rage per charge 20 from the legendary and 30 from the shield block charge uh, so you had that going, and then the snap threat came came from the talent as well, where Best of Cold increases your damage by 50% once you have the Revenge proc, which is gained from the Reprisal charge as well. So you had your initial first Revenge would hit 50% harder, so you would have a threat. And uh, if they were to implement that in the class, then yes, we would highly likely go back to uh, the wall. Because... It's very easy to use solid rage generation and then yeah, get to use more shield walls. So we would still have the same problems if they get rid of the reprisal, the snap threat, the rage generation, and uh, I guess, I don't know how much of a problem shield block uptime was, but it's obviously a clear boon uh, as it is now with, with the legendary. So if they took that out, the, the problems would still be there. So in the grand scheme of, okay, let's actually not have these problems anymore. Would you see a way in when that could become baseline or would it have to become a talent? And if it becomes a talent, would it be again like a talent that you will always pick no matter what happens on the, on the road that it would be on? Um, or do we just need an overall damage gain? Because I feel like uh, the, from where I'm sitting from, from a noob's perspective, uh, Pro Warrior had a lot of damage from BFA and it consistently got nerfed because also there was the Azurite part that was boosting his damage. But we lost the Azurite part, but we didn't get the damage back, which I feel like it's the most obvious example is from the uh, Thunderclap build, the clap build, uh, uh, which uh, was it Unstoppable Force again? Um, because Unstoppable Force was so strong since we had Deafening Crash, right? I think it was the name was the Azurite was. We lost that, but we didn't get uh, Unstoppable Force buffed back, so it's kind of like a weird position right now. So how do you guys see Warrior moving away from Reprisal, either in 10.0 or at any point in time where either the legendary will not be used? Because it probably anymore. will in the new expansion. I'm, I'm guessing if you oh, borrow power, we all know how that tends in, to go. In like five years when they're going to release 10.0, <laughs> <laughs> I'll still be wearing this Reprisal Legendary, dude. It's <laughs> exactly Christ. the same way. It's that <laughs> good, just man. to feel something. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to maybe say a bit of a mm, not popular opinion, but I think that they should remove all block enhancing uh, talents and uh, like legendaries and things because and just fix the base block uptime. Because whenever there's a block enhancing talent or legendary like reprisal, it's almost a mandatory pick regardless of what else you have, just because of how strong shield block is, and it just makes the other options kind of lackluster. 
Like the only reason we're running ganger management right now is because, and uh, not bolster, is because we have reprisal, right? When we don't run reprisal, we would be going back on to bolster probably just for the increased uh, shield buck up time. So I think that they really have to dig deep into the base class and fix the shield block uptime, just like on a class level, not on a borrowed power level. Mm. Yeah, that's because in, in BFA we had uh, anger management and you had bolster that also reduced, anger management at that time also reduced the cooldown on last stand. So basically you didn't really have any downtime on your shield block between uh, being able to have last stand come back faster because of anger management to fill any of the gaps that you didn't have shield block and you know having that bolster talent like every time you use last stand it gives you shield block so now that we were lacking that that's what it really made us have to kite a lot at the start of 9.0 um, but as long as reprisal is a thing like nothing is really going to change no matter how deep into the expansion that we're going to get it's only going to be happen like oh if we get a second legendary what is our secondary uh, you know legendary um personally i would rather they remove reprisal and that's just because when a new expansion, or sorry, new patch comes out, I want things to be different, right? It's why I kind of like, I miss tier sets. Every time a tier set came out, it changed your gameplay in some way or another. Your rotation would be changing, you know? Emphasis on certain skills would be would be changed because now suddenly, you know, you're going to be one to be using uh, maybe Shield Slam a lot more because now it gives you this buff from the tier buff. Uh, same thing with legendaries. I don't want to be using the same legendary the entire expansion because that's just boring, you know? I, I want more fun things in my play in order to make it different every single season so that I have a reason to play again instead of having to, you know, mindlessly do the same thing, just like, you know, a different little bit of different scenery. Yeah. Cycling back to what Maui uh, touched upon with the talents was what I was going to say. Um, there's the two ways to go about it. As Maui said, okay, you remove all block talents, block talents and have the, just the base block uptime just be fine or work out in itself. What I want to want is more so on the last talent row, we have two block talents and then we have anger management. It's just a DPS talent and something that works with shield wall. So we give up either, like we give up anger management and lose damage and gain block. Why do we have to choose between block up time and damage? Why, why can't this be just be three different um, shield block talents? I would. I don't know how they could implement a third one that wasn't just going to be okay or shield block just baseline lasts longer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I would see like uh, that happening, and, and in case they remove reprisal and then we get the two legendary system, th then we would just cycle back to uh, the wall, as well as using probably the unbreakable will, where we get two charges of shield wall, and half of the effect also is granted to the party, which means that the that we could use shield wall as a group CD instead of just for our own personal use. That would be a neat interaction where we just be a shield wall throwing machine because the two charge system means you can use one for yourself or just as, uh, as the raid uh, group and then just still have one charge banked up in case you need it sometimes else. That would be great. Like It would be very interesting to see. But as also as Pika said, the tier sets that just change your way of playing and as well as what I preferred mostly was the different looks. The class-specific transmogs coming with it was also like one of the biggest things for me, yep. which got really boring in BFA, where so they just removed that totally part. Totally agree. I, so, I so, so you don't think Shards of Domination are a good replacement for Tier 6? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subject. But uh, uh, you guys offer like uh, a lot of like solutions to, to you know, uh, uh, maybe clear or not so clear issues. And this kind of like transitions to like one of the the, the usual questions we go through uh, within our podcast. Um, and it goes a little something like this. So in, in, a, in a perfect world where you would work at Blizzard for a huge amount of money, and Ian Hazakostas would put you in charge of the Prot Warrior spec. And he would say, hey man, can you either invent an ability for Prot Warrior that would be awesome and would, would fix some shit, or could you bring back something from the past, like a talent or an ability or something? And if that were the case, what would you do? What would you be? I would just go with anger management baseline. It fits the warrior fantasy so well in all three specs where like you get stronger by continuously fighting. You don't wait for stuff, you don't wait for anything. You can just the yep. better you the better you are at fighting, the better you get. Yeah, constantly. It's just yep. this feedback loop. That's just that fits the fantasy so well of the berserker itself, but like generally the warrior. It fits so well. And we have been using it forever. That would be one of the things I would like to see. Obviously, the pre-nerf version where it reduces more cooldowns besides just Avatar and Shield Wall. Since Avatar right now is in itself a very confusing button. It's like, okay, it just increases your damage by 20%. Okay, cool. Well, one thing I would like to see personally, um, I don't know if you guys have ever played like Monster Hunter games. Um, mm -hmm. Monster Hunter does something really cool. Um, a lot of the Koreans kind of developed this strategy where... Uh, being on lower health, you do more damage and your gameplay speeds up, like things like that. And it's almost like a little bit of art, right? So when I think of warriors, I think of like, you're into the fray, right? Which is like the yes. talent name, right? So as you're taking more damage, um, maybe your like haste speeds up, things like that. It gives the warriors like a little bit of a, a strength as like maybe your health is decreasing or like a little bit way to like kind of like fight back you're getting like a little bit stronger you're a little bit like into the fray kind of uh, what uh, what i mean so like something in monster hunter they do really well like the lower health damage that you like a little bit less health that you have maybe you get hit by something um they have this a little bit in tbc also like you know after you get hit by a critical strike uh, maybe you'll do more damage things like that um i like i like that thought process of it personally it always made it seem like it's fun to take damage right there's like a little bit yeah. of balance of taking damage and doing damage which i think is what the warrior fantasy is about, right? Like, like, like warriors. Like when they come to my stream, they're always thinking like, I don't want to kite. Like this is not what a warrior is supposed to do. We're supposed to just go in there, just like ah, oh, you know, just exactly. like fight it out, like brawl it out. Like they don't ever want to run away. And if you want something like that, you have to incentivize people to want to go in there and stay in there. Because right now, like in, in the tank meta, you'd rather just hit, hit everything. And if you could hold aggro forever, you just want to run away, right? It's your job to stay alive and. Right now, you don't feel like a warrior if you're like running away, thunderclapping. You see my little Volpera jump away. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. <laughs> that's that's basically what warrior feels like sometimes. Um, yeah. So basically, the vengeance mechanic from Mist of Pandaria, where you, if you took unmitigated damage or not through your main mitigation, you, you would deal progressively yeah. more damage. Yeah, that was the. Basically. I remember that. That was a huge problem in PvP actually. I don't, I don't know if you if you played the because. Uh, I think the vengeance mechanic was for all tanks, not for warrior, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And yes. I remember a meta in 3v3s where you had blood, three blood decays. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> and it got nerfed multiple times. 
but yeah, I, I mean, uh, when when Pika was talking about it, I I kind of remembered what was the the, the character's name in League of Legends, Darius, the dude that as as he would got low in damage. Hmm? Trendemir? No, not or Trendemir. Yeah. There was one dude that he, when he got low damage, he would like fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trendemir, yeah. when he was low HP, he would attack faster. Something that's like that's that. also in Dota, the troll warlord or whatever he's called. It, fa it falls into the warrior fantasy yeah. for sure. I would definitely yeah. see it, and I would see it for all specs to be honest, uh, in one way or another. But, uh, what about you, Mohi? Do, do, do you have something on your mind in, in terms of that? Oh, I have a lot of things on my mind. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but, uh... But both of the ideas that, that were mentioned before were really, really great. And hopefully Blizzard will listen and put them in. Uh, I, I would also, first, I would also make anger management baseline. Even in a nerfed version, it has, like, it would be great if it was baseline. Then, secondly, this is uh, one thing that I really, really want is Gladiator stands back. Because, uh, uh, yeah, yes. Man. The, the, I remember that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yes. So if, if they could bring that back some way, that would also be great. And third thing that really bothers me is our current mastery. Like our current mastery is RNG. I, I don't want this crap as a mastery. I want something that's not RNG. That's that's actually do, doing something noticeable. Like in, sure, in Legion, when we had uh, an OPFA, when we had this uh, triple bomb set up, yeah? Our mastery was actually good because we had just so much mastery out of uh, Bastion of Might. Uh, but but now with, with like low low master levels, it's just so lackluster and RNG. Like I I would rework mastery to be something more beneficial. But I I can't give you more details right now because I haven't thought so thoroughly. Mm -hmm. thoroughly let, let about Ian has a question worry about be. balancing and tuning, man. You just bring the idea. It's fine, as long as they don't make it like Prod Paladin, that, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more emphasis on our shouts, because right now, like Torghast, like you have abilities that are built around your shouts, right? Like, um, if you shout, they take more damage. Uh, if you shout, it lasts two times as long. But we don't really have, like, it feels like the shouts aren't really as impactful. Like, I'm always hitting Battle Shout, like, whenever, just to keep the buff up, like, every, whatever, 30 minutes or whatever, or hour. Um, but our shouts, other than Demo Shout, really don't, feel like really really cool like some some games like i think uh guild wars 2 you can have builds that are completely around like your shouts and that's something that has to do with uh the warrior class in there but our shouts are a little bit lackluster i'm not sure exactly how they could change it but if, if you're going to classify a whole group of like spells under like shouts and not have anything that's like super impactful it doesn't feel that like oh now yeah i'm a shout warrior it doesn't, it doesn't i don't know it doesn't really do anything for me from the class fantasy perspective in MOP, we didn't have shouts, but we had the banners, right? We had the skull banner, we had, we had the demor demoralizing banner, yeah. and some other stuff as well. So we were then we were a banner warrior. Now we have a bit of both with Necrolord. They try kind of try to uh, like do a pseudo skull banner with the first iteration of it, where it increased your crit chance and crit damage dealt, but that was just incredibly lackluster for everybody. But yeah, like we have battle shout, demo shout, intimidating shout with on a half one and a half minute CD and a challenging shout on a four minute CD. So on Torgas, you can really only rely on battle shout and spamming demo shout to, to get your damage buff going. Where you have like this one anima power, which would increase the damage dealt by thirty percent per power by on targets that are afflicted by shouts. 
So we'll just cycle through all of it. Yep. So that something like that would be nice to see besides Booming Voice, which is obviously the talent that uh, increases the damage dealt to afflicted targets from Demo Shout. So we could see something more along those lines. Yeah, that would be nice as a different customization option. Was gonna say that uh, Blizzard is uh, uh, the, the wall devs are no strangers to picking up uh, things from uh, their Diablo franchise. Like Punish is something that they picked up from Diablo, and a lot of uh, uh, for mages and paladins as well. They picked up skills from Diablo. And uh, if you in Diablo too, like the Barbarian had a lot of like Warcry type builds. So whenever it comes to shouts, we could have something like that, and I don't see why that wouldn't be something cool, and that could be the sigils of uh, prot warriors, the way that Avengers has. We could have like multiple. Do you want homogenization? No, man. I, I, I want to <laughs> yell in game as much as I yell at my monitor as well. All right, all right, all right. Well, we're... you know, that being said, that being said, uh, one of the coolest things that I do like about Torghast is a uh, rumbling earth or whatever the avalanche ability that you, they kind of picked up from Diablo, yeah, uh, Diablo three. I think that's a really cool thing, and I, and I hope that in some iteration that makes it to actually like in, in retail, not just out of Targast. Using see. your leap as a, as a DPS is kind of cool. Yeah. Like the rumbling earth avalanche thing. I, I love that on my Barbarian D3. Just love that build. When it was, when it was viable, <laughs> it, like jumping, like pfft, crumbling and The shit. thing I want the most is the anima power that makes it where Whirlwind and Thunderclap drag in mobs from like, a, like three ranged mobs from the 20 yard radius back to you. That in itself has so insane utility and potential, which is also uh, existing in Diablo 3. That's where they initially got it from, like the deafening crash yep. rune for seismic stomp. Yep. That specifically made it into WoW as well. And I would like, this would be a very fun thing to use in WoW and it has, it's pretty unique in that sense and incredibly powerful. I would love to see that happen. We, we're kind of getting like to the, the max limit of uh, what we can post on Spotify because, you know, we don't have premium and shit like that uh, on uploading. So I uh, just wanted to quickly ask you guys if you if, if there were like things that weren't covered and you guys wanted to talk about like last five minutes or so. What I wanted to talk about in the beginning when Pika mentioned uh, like self-healing tanks and so on, what, what Panthea and Mendel mentioned last uh, podcast of yours on the BDK podcast was that... Sure, the BDK looks great on the healing meter because he, everything the BDK does shows up on the healing meter, right? Because his, his way of mitigation is healing it back up. When Warrior just blocks the damage, it doesn't pop up anywhere. You just know, okay, his HP didn't move as much. And then that's that. When he mentioned that uh, if you compare the EH RPS of every tank, like the external healing required per second, it's actually still pretty comparable even between BDK and prod warrior and other tanks monk is uh, and in raw damage taken monk is the unfought king they take the most damage but they don't take spike damage so that's that's their good thing mm. and they also also obviously have the celestial brew to just ignore this specific mechanic so in, in the overall course of a fight the healing a tank requires it should be generally the same but if you have like this huge spike damage or like specifically magic damage in a, tam a term of bdk they can shrug it off easier than Prod Warrior, but they then lack in other departments. But most of the tank healing anyway isn't going to be direct healing, right? It's going to be HOTS and uh, Glimmer and what about the beacons mostly. Yeah. That's just what I wanted to talk about. Like, if Block showed up on the healing meter, <laughs> the perception would be entirely different of a Warrior, yeah. honestly. So we need a section in details with uh, effective uh, 
healing done or just to show how much yeah. damage block no. was, was mitigated? Don't look how fast spell reflect got nerfed after it got showed up. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give explicit information on the nerf us, okay? I'd, I'd rather be under the gun OP than like blatantly the number one thing. That that's mm -hmm. an, always an awful place to be. That's exactly what happened. Once details was on the damage meter through the first the weak aura, and then later implemented in details, like people got aware. Like everybody was shouting, "Look at this!" Like 130k DPS tanks on Wakecrest Man or third boss is like okay, sure. <laughs> and then it just got out of control up to the point when Shadowlands. I just feel sad. So you're Every... the problem, Nam. You're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see how it is. Nah, but like, I, I'm just so sad in Shadowlands. So many opportunities where you, where you think, yeah, that should work. I should be able to reflect it, and then you're like, hmm, no, it just doesn't. There are a few select bosses, it's like. One of my favorite ones is actually Plague for uh, First Boss, where Spell Reflect actually works and it deals back uh, damage to the boss every Plague Stomp. So that's actually a fun interaction. Not broken enough, luckily. <laughs> yeah, but, but like on that on that note though, like Plaguefall is the worst warrior dungeon there is out there. Some yeah. of the tanks are on Twitter and like, oh, Plaguefall is not that bad now, you know? Like we're happy if like Plague Warriors aren't a thing, but like warriors, we have no poison and and the disease dispel. And Plaguefall is just like such a bad dungeon for for warrior in the sense of everything is doing magic damage, everything is doing disease damage. Tanks that like like brewmasters, you know, you feel fine because you know you can dispel yourself. You don't have to rely on anybody. But like in my comp specifically. That I run for Mythic Quest, I'm running Prot Warrior Resto Shaman. We, there's there's nothing to do with oh. diseases. So, <laughs> oh, diseases that reduce your max health and leave like dots on you are like the most awful thing ever. And I mm -hmm. and I, I hate dungeons that are designed around that thing. That I need a specific comp because I don't have a disease spell. I'm just like, well, we're not running this. Good luck. <laughs> Last boss, you love to see it. She goes down, you have four stakes of the debuff, and you just sit there like, mm, okay, thanks. <laughs> just be a dwarf. What do you mean? I wish <laughs> I miss Alliance. Back in BOD and in BFA, we switched to Horde because we lacked players for Mythic Progression. So I, I just I just want to be a Dwarf again. I was a Dwarf ever since Wrath of the Lich King on my Warrior and I just never switched even once. And then over the course of BFA, I switched like five times. Oh my God. I wish Avatar made it so we were immune to being rooted during the time we were in Avatar. Not just like as a initial initial thing but only as prot because in pvp yeah, only that as would prot, be... because pvp that's like so <laughs> yeah. but as prot i wish you know because right now it's it's really lackluster because when you hit it and then then you get rooted right after it's like the worst thing and then you just stare in the camera i'm like okay i sit here <laughs> please help <laughs> well right all right well this has been uh definitely a, a super fun chat and you know as as a uh, totally non-prot uh, prot warrior player that is quite insightful and uh hopefully for for the folks out there who are interested in spec you know you know got got some out of it and uh, i know you one or two bliss devs listening out there you should note some shit down you know this this this, this some good information here so it's all, it's all it's all from the love of the game you know especially for the warrior spec warrior class i would say 
But that being said, I do want to reiterate that all all the links, you know, for Noma, for Pika, for uh, uh, Wahi will be in the description on top of, you know, everything. Uh, Skyhold Discord, you know, that's like the, the main source you should, you should get into as well. But if you want to check out the boys individually, check it out in the description. Flames say something. Right. <laughs> Thank you for watching uh, the, uh, the the podcast or listening to the podcast. And thank you guys for uh, for agreeing to uh, to do this. It was really cool. Thank you, guys. Pro Warriors. Uh, uh, the the tank uh, dear to my to my heart. And hopefully we can do this again. Uh, hopefully later in nine point one, yeah. unless it lasts for eight more months again. Oh, we we'll do three more podcasts uh, and see exactly how uh, how Pro has uh, developed over over the season. If if you guys are okay with it, absolutely fine by me. All right. Thank you. We'll, 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 we'll chat it out. All right, boys and gals. See you next Monday with a brand new episode on a new spec. Bye-bye. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow.